if you are looking for brands or you're willing to work with brands you want to get clients on your portfolio you have to look at whatever you're doing as a business which does not mean that please make the next reel available with the next you know trending music and dance to it because that's what's working no i'm talking about serious work where you are putting your craft your art your vision out there you focus on the content you make it strong yeah you make it better and then of course brands are going to reach out work doesn't come before you've delivered you deliver and then work comes and then you deliver according to that work Hello hello this is your host Dyutima and welcome to my food lens podcast where we talk about everything from food photography styling to business and mindset after 15 years as an architect i switched careers and i'm now a professional food stylist and food photographer based in singapore i'm also the founder of the business my food lens where we help clients elevate their brand through drool worthy photos My motto is put your best food forward. Well, here on this podcast, I promise to keep it raw and real and hope you find your answers, action and inspiration as we move through the episodes. Hi guys, today we are talking to Natasha Minocha. Now Natasha is a full-time food blogger based in India and what's interesting is that she used to be a full-time baker. I mean, who wouldn't love a friend like that, right? But <laughs> more than that, I wanted to bring Natasha in today because I thought Natasha would make a fantastic guest on our podcast because she really ties the bit between photography and blogging she can tell us how important photography is in blogging or not and when you are so passionate about food and cooking and recipes where does photography fit in it does it make a difference to the client does it get you better business does it improve your social media following does it make you more confident well she answers all of that for us so on to natasha Hi Natasha and welcome to my food lens podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you and that's because I've been seeing your drool worthy photos on Instagram for years now. But the one thing that really brings me back to you is your photography style. I think it's so grounded, relatable and today on social media where we have overcomplicated every single thing, compositions and lighting techniques, you've actually driven home the point that food photography does not have to be complicated and that simple can be powerful because your photos clearly convey the deliciousness of your recipes and i think they bring your personality to the table so i can't wait to have this conversation with you where we really get into all your powerful details of how you think how you conceptualize how does photography help in your blogging and just really get into all those amazing details and before we move if you could just please introduce yourself to our audience hi dyutima so happy to be here and honored and flattered i like i keep telling you how much i admire your work and the invitation to be here on your podcast is 
I think, a new high for me. Really, I'm so happy to be here and excited. It's a new format for me. And because you are doing it, it makes it even more special. And thank you for having me and thank you for making me feel so comfortable. Yes, so now I'm Natasha Minocha. I'm in Gurgaon, so the Delhi NCR area. And I'm a full-time blogger. I go by the name of Tasha's Artisan Foods. Uh, that was my bakery business name, actually. That's how we started with the name. It just stuck. And there's a fun story with it. Should I tell you? Oh, wow. Okay. So, you? yes, you have to start us with a fun story. So, is that how you move from baking to blogging? But you also have to tell us a little bit about your experience as a merchandiser. So, I know that you bring ah, a very interesting yeah. segue yes, into blogging. Yes, so, yes. yeah. Give us an insight of how you finally have reached food blogging. Tell us that fun story. Okay. Should we go back all the way to the merchandising days? I think just a segue of how one thing led to the other would be fantastic. Okay. So actually it didn't. It's completely disjointed. Um, So my father was into garments. He was a garment exporter. All my uncles, fathers, brothers, everybody was into garment exports. So, you know, when India, there was a boom in garment exports in 70s. So that's the time these guys had started their businesses different. So if I'd go to any of my uncle's homes or anywhere, so everybody would only talk about fabrics and fashion and they dealt a lot with Europe. So I grew up with a lot of European fashion around me at that time. So we didn't have, growing up, we didn't have all these H&Ms and Zara's or anything. And anytime you got anything, you had to travel abroad to buy right absolutely yes now it's not available so for me to have access to all the fashion magazine trade fashion magazines right from the time when I was little so I got interested in that uh, did economics in my college and for some reason by the time I was done I just knew I have to be in this garment industry wow Uh, I think it was in my blood Right. Little did I know how much food was in my (laughs) blood because at the same time, I have my parents who both of them cooked, baked every single day. So while I was thinking fashion is my thing, we would have between mom and dad like a soup week. And every day of the week, they do like a different soup and mom would make these different bread rolls and Dad and mom would have competition about who makes a better cake, even if it's like a just a simple sponge cake or something. And from my dad making jalebis for me, <laughs> or little did I realize how much love for food was getting imbibed in me. I thought it was fashion and I loved it. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I got out of college. I applied for a few jobs here and there. And then I got a great, great opportunity to work as a merchandiser in a buying agency called Francis Waxier here in Delhi, run by this gentleman, French gentleman called Francis, who happened to be the owner of Nindrana Fort Palace Hotels. Oh, wow. And yeah. yeah, I had no idea. I hadn't even heard of it. So they had opened the first one. And I remember when I went for the interview and he said, I cannot put you in garments you are made for hospitality and all of that. So we struck a deal that for <laughs> six months, I'm going to work with him, with the hotel. And then he's going to put me on in the garment division because he, they needed help with bookings and 
stuff. And with him, I learned about table settings, about flowers, about curating menus, because that was a part of my job. We did parties there, we did weddings. And that was, I think, the first time I realized that you could serve an ice cold kheer with a hot apple pie. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I'd be like, Francis, what is this? And he'd be like, trust me, it's good. So yeah, somewhere along the line, that also worked in food subconsciously. But this was, I think, creeping up on me <laughs> without me realizing. And I was baking in any case. Uh, right. I had started baking when I was, I think, 13, 14. Uh, my parents gave me full access to the kitchen. So long as I didn't dirty it up, there I you was go. allowed to go in. Yeah. So that was the deal. I'm sure that uh, was your mom. So long. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so I would be baking and I was in fashion. So it all worked really nicely. Then I got married. I was in Moscow for a bit, US. Wow. And mm-hmm. there, uh, in US, I was in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Right. So there sort of went my dream of this working in the fashion industry because it's not like I'm in New York and I could work. So I spent a few years just taking care of my daughter, cooking my heart out because living in Moscow and US helped me, introduced me to a lot more ingredients that we were getting in India. Right. And the cooking shows and the cookbooks and Food Network was like, my eyes popped. A 24 hour channel yes. <laughs> uh, dedicated oh to God. food. And so that used to be like my pastime when my daughter was little. She would be napping and I'd be like, wow, I want to make that. I want to make that. <laughs> Again, introduction to different cooking techniques, to baking, everything. So I was baking my heart out. I was cooking and I was enjoying that and raising the kids. And then I also did a small course uh, from my community college. And I was an office administrator, which I loved. Uh, That was the first time that I started working with Excel and Microsoft Word and everything. All of that was happening. And imagine going to college to learn all of that. So that was a part (laughs) of the office administration course, which I just thought I was do just like that. Yeah. (laughs) And that taught me organizing. Mm. And I did not realize how many, now I can say that, you know, these little, 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 little bits over a period of time teach you so many things. And now I really can say I am organized. I know how to make my lists. I know how to work the Excel. I know how to send an email. I can plan. And all of this, I think, came in very, very handy when I started my bakery business. Because we moved back to India and I was really thinking, what am I going to do? And I would be making stuff for my kids' birthdays with my friends around, would love. And, you know, can you make for mine? Can you make for my party? And it just started with that. I did almost a year of doing that for friends. And boom came the bakery business. I think I took a year-long break in between also, between doing the ad hoc sort of work. Right. And I took a break because I really wanted to understand, is this what I want to do? And the blogging started three years, I think, uh, four years after I started my bakery business. 
because I had so many recipes running in my head all the time. I said, I must sit down to document things. Right. Take right. a picture or two with my little iPhone 3. Yeah, there you go. Vintage <laughs> phone, yeah. And take some picture and start putting it out there. So that's how the blogging bakery business. And in between, I realized that people don't just want to eat cupcakes or cakes. They want food. So I started catering. And oh, it took wow. me five years to and yeah, and it took me five years to understand that running a bakery business and a catering business are two different deals. Absolutely. Catering is like a so, whole different ball game. Yeah. Oh wow. And that's when all that prior training of working as an office administrator, the prior training of how to plate food, which came from my so-called merchandiser days. Right. But, you know, the training with my first boss, Francis, was also so good that I knew. It just opened my mind to uh, how can one garnish. And in a simple way, I'm not looking at making roses out of tomatoes and, you know, radishes, nothing like that. Yeah. It is a home-cooked meal. It's a home-cooked bake. It's a home baker's blog. So right. it has to come across like that. It totally and it does. should. And it's not just your blogging, like it's not just your recipes. I think the soulfulness that you bring to your food comes from your childhood. I think it comes from your experience from your parents. So clearly it shows in your photography as well. So tell us a little bit about were you exploring photography when you started your baking business? Uh, how was that? And at what time did you decide to move to full-time blogging? And how did... How did you continue to do the photography for that as well? So walk us through that a little bit. Okay. So when I started my bakery business, it was online. I started from my kitchen. At that time, it wasn't even, I'm talking about 2011. So it wasn't really so much online at that time. But I had these menus on my Excel or I had a few printed menus, which I was handing out to clients to show them what I was making. And then a Facebook page. Everybody had, right. uh, you know, the minute you opened a small business, you had a Facebook page. Now people have Instagram, but at that time it was Facebook page. Absolutely. So what do you put on your Facebook page? People don't have a shop that they can come to. I don't keep things on shelf. I make only on order basis. So the six cupcakes or muffins that you want, you'll have to wait for the day for me to make it now but if you want to know what that cupcake looks like for the life of me I was like oh my god now what do I do and you can't come in and I can't just say you know see Dutama, I have these cupcakes hang here I figured that now on that Facebook page I need to start putting pictures of whatever I'm making yeah. and uh, it was me I did not have a staff at that time Apart from my domestic help, I did not have a baking staff or anything. That came a little later. That came in 2013 when I made a separate commercial kitchen and everything. So between 2011 and 2013, I was working out of my kitchen and doing everything on my own. So I started using my lovely little iPhone. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would, if you see them now... It, I think we just can't stop laughing 
because yeah. I think like, oh, I've got this great yes. angle and oh, look at this and look at the shine on the chocolate glaze and you only see the shine, you don't see anything else. And um, so it was fun. And at that time, I thought I was doing a kick-ass job and my clients were happy because they'd be like, Are, ha, nice, nice, this bread is looking great. And yes, you can place an order. But I realized that I'm not so pleased with just doing photography like this because if I want to grow, I also had a catering business at that time, which right. I started. So if I want to take pictures of five types of salads, lasagnas and the, you know, roast chicken and whatever else that I'm offering, I should have decent pictures. Also, I need to take pictures of, I just made 100 cupcakes for a wedding. And how do I tell my clients or prospective clients or people on Facebook or on WhatsApp, not even WhatsApp so much, you know, that time that I've made it. So I realized the need for photography. So I did get in touch with some very good photographers, school friends of mine who are doing fantastic photography, food photography. Yeah. And I asked them, I said, how do I do this? And then they told me about the prices. Oh. And how much it would cost me. And I was like, <laughs> okay. So it, for me, I was calculating that, oh my God. So for me to pay 30,000, 50,000 rupees for a full day shoot to a photographer, I have to have at least 15 things ready. And who's baking? Right. I am baking right. all in one day. And I said, this is sounding so exhausting. I can't do this. So I figured that time to move to a camera, uh, which I had no clue about and I'd see the price and I'd shut it and I'd be like, gosh, this is expensive and I don't know where this is going. So, okay, I'll keep using my phone. So I ditched that iPhone and I think I went to, I don't know, OnePlus or something which I just launched and their camera, phone camera was nice. So that was one upgrade that I did, slow upgrade. Because that phone also worked for me, for my business. Um, so that was my first update. And a couple of years down the line, uh, I think a year or down the line, when my husband surprised me with a Canon 7D, which is what I use to date. And I, uh, I was only using it with the kit lens. Right. And I had no clue. Then I got <laughs> it and I was so excited. And I'm like, okay. Why are my photos dark? Why are my photos light? <laughs> I had zero clue about the shutter speed, about right. uh, a about ISO, nothing. One of the times, I, this is really funny because my brother-in-law, who's an avid photographer, he had come over and I told him, I said, can you please help me with this? How do I start taking pictures? So he tried explaining a little bit. And of course, I didn't understand anything about what is this focal lens and what is this approach? Nonsense. <laughs> you know, just do one setting for me. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it was probably like a July or August that he did some setting. Right. I used that one setting, I think, for two or three months. Oh, wow. And then I remember I did, it was September and I was doing some apple pie shoot for a blog. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't realize the light had changed. Oh, wow. Right? Because it yes. starts getting darker. Yes. The sun moves in a different way. And I'm like, okay, it's three in the afternoon. This is where I take my pictures. Why is this dark? 
I have no idea how to change the setting. <laughs> I called him. I said, "Oh, why am I happy? Why is so dark? I don't know what I've done. I promise I haven't changed any setting." And he's like, "Okay, press." That's the problem. <laughs> I I so now move this. Uh, so then I found another fun story. A Canon store in a mall near my house. I went there with my camera on a Sunday morning, and I told them. explain to me what do i do with this oh man okay i did not know the settings i and i was like i did not know that high iso creates the graininess right i didn't even know what dainy is in a photograph so hello yeah <laughs> and i didn't even know how to explain the graininess i'm like you know it it's just also blurred and it looks really yucky and, and <laughs> so they they were really sweet they gave yeah. me uh, one of the guys at the store sat me down for about 15 20 minutes explained to me how to move these buttons and what this does and what that does and i'm like acha and what if we want to do this what if i want that blurred background then what do i do and yeah. they're like okay do you want to do a basic course in figuring out your camera and they go okay so two sundays they had a paid course okay just a really simple so there were like 10 yeah. people who went like for i think one or two hours the two sundays and that's how i learned how to do things <laughs> <laughs> how to not make apple pies look like brownies <laughs> i know i know but yeah. that's amazing so but that's amazing i mean you did not just put your camera on the side and pick up your phone and say you know to heck with that i'm just going to go back to what was working for me you went to that store and you took that whatever class that it was that you were trying you were making little by little by little effort that's amazing that's amazing so because yeah, tell I us i wanted to see plus there's the guilt of spending so much money you know yeah yeah no absolutely <laughs> you have to make it work I did not know about how to work a tripod. I was working with a kit lens. Okay, so you move from a light phone to this heavy camera. All my pictures were tilted because <sighs> the they tripod. were heavy for me. The camera, no, the camera was heavy for me. You know, with ah, the kit lens. Okay. Not you. I wasn't used to Using that. So all my pictures were tilted. Where was I editing? I was editing on iPhotos. I have an iMac. I was yes editing on iPhotos. so the most basic basic editing i did not know how to even fix the tilted cake till uh, one day i just said you know what's going to happen it's going to be <laughs> i mean is, is it going to come out and you know grab me by the neck it's not a monster so um i don't know where i went and how i looked it up and then i learned about straightening the angle then i learned about how to hold the camera you know the heavy one properly so that you are first at ease and you have eaten your feeling strong <laughs> and all of that yes yes <laughs> never work on empty stomach yes that i photography 101 yes <laughs> never work on empty stomach because uh, and i get hangry so and then i hurry up and then i get nervous and then i i muck up if i'm work on empty stomach so never work on empty stomach <laughs> also i think a lot of people don't realize that actually photography is quite back breaking and it's very exhausting you're constantly standing you are bending yeah. and you need energy like sometimes for my professional shoots i literally eat energy balls <clears throat> i'm eating you know every few hours so yeah. definitely not being hungry is definitely photography 101 <laughs> 
Um, okay, so yeah, so that was the start of the photography, and I just started taking pictures of everything that was coming out of my kitchen. I started pausing for five minutes, and even if I was taking one picture per dish, I was doing it. If I had the time, I was doing it a little bit more slowly. Now, by that time, I think 2015, I was since I had also started blogging. I was paying a lot of attention to the blogs I used to read. I had moved back from US in 2007, and at I think around 2008, I discovered the joy of internet. <laughs> I was looking at some recipe online because 2007, yes, my container hadn't reached yet, and I wanted—I mm. was desperate to bake, so my books were in the container, all the cookbooks. I wanted to try something new. I don't know what it was. I just sat and I just typed in chocolate cake recipe, and then I saw some blogs, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, people are good!" And what is this? So blogging was just another whole new world to me. Something that I enjoyed, and blogging those days was also very different. It was more personal. Google wasn't running the show, right? You know, telling you these many keywords yeah. and these many backlinks <laughs> and all of that was not happening. Right. SEO optimizing, nothing like that was happening. You were reading, you were writing, you were putting pictures. I think for the sheer pleasure of it. So every evening when the kids were done with their homework, they were going out to play. I'd sit down with my child, and I would go back to those five. Ten blogs, and whoever they had talked about, I'd go on their blogs, and so soon I made a list of bloggers that resonated with me. I loved their food, I loved their pictures, I loved the stories, and that is what I thought I want to give also, without knowing how to give, because a blog really started more as a documentation for me. Right, I was not thinking about anything else, but. To be able to relate, I remember how much joy I got, and at some point I was like, "If I'm going to do this, and I really want it." So, by the way, I put off my blog for almost two years before I started. So one day, hmm. I think I'd gone for some pretty much all day long business meeting, and I came back, and my daughter, who was all of 15 at that time, went to WordPress, set up my wow. thing, and yeah, and then she called her dad, and they said, "Okay, mom needs hosting." And I'm like, what <laughs> is hosting? What is WordPress? So, Dhrutima, I think at that point, I was learning about food, about baking, about packaging, about labeling, about accounting, about sourcing, about writing, about photography. I think in a span of nine years, 2011 to 2020. and 6 months before that i think has been a time where i think i've just been learning i've just been learning and i feel it is fantastic because it has taught me so much about running a business i know at least what not to do <laughs> and how to do and how to do you have and how to do microsoft word so between the two kids who were For seven years apart, they'd come back, and I would start early. I'd start my day for the baking business. I'd start by around six six thirty 
uh, so that by the time the kids come back home by 2.30 or so, my baking part is done and it's only the deliveries. Sometimes my driver wouldn't be there. So I give my kids their snack and we'd sit in the car and we'd go deliver the boxes around oh, Gurgaon. Wow. Wow. I've done all of that. <laughs> and I started blogging in the night. <laughs> so I, if I did not have my lists, if I didn't have my diaries, if I did not have, I swear by my diaries. I love to write. You know, I, I love to make lists. So if I did not have a... Oh, there you go. I see it. I, <laughs> I, I have two on my table at all given time. Oh, wow. Always. Yeah. One yeah. in my hand all the time. So the past experiences, I think, helped more and more and more. And because I did not want to let go of anything, which just meant I have to plan my day better. I still want to go for those holidays. I still want to be able to cook dinner for the family. I still want to be able to meet my friends. I still want to go for that pedicure. And I still want to blog. I didn't want to let go of anything. I think I had that yeah. energy or anything. But I think I was also armed with a super, super, super supportive family. Yeah, I had amazing, amazing stuff. I got very good clients. I got very picky about picking my clients because this is all made to order. So, right. you know, if yeah. people were going to negotiate with me about price of a cake, I'd be like, thank you. <laughs> right. And also, so tell us, how many years has it been since you've moved to full-time blogging now? Oh, I uh, shut down my business January 2020. I okay. was done. Yeah. Uh, again, it was a call that I took because... The business had reached a point where I move out of the commercial kitchen that I made at home and get out of the house, hire more people because it's a very competitive business right. now. And then things don't just happen when you hire people, right? Yeah. You have to be hands-on. And at that time, I think, I don't know what happened. Uh, I uh, One driving factor was that I just thought I want to be spend a little bit more time at ease with the kids uh, the younger one has uh, just one year left in school now and at that time it was three years left in school right so I said you know I'm going to be involved I'm going to be and all of this see 10 years of work was in the house even though my commercial kitchen was also in the house but I I was able to spend incredible amount of time with my children at home I'm a I'm a very home person. This meant I'm out for 8 to 10, 12 hours a day, which is not wrong, but I was just not used to it. And also, I, I don't know if I was ready to make that investment financially and time-wise. So it was a call that I took. Also, it forced me to take a look at my blog more seriously right. because till then, it's my bakery business first and then the blog. Right. Around 2017, 2018, I started paying more attention to the blog, started learning about SEO. What is SEO? What is writing this all text? And what, what is this whole deal about long tail keywords and short tail <laughs> keywords? I don't know, whatever that is. And how to optimize your writing and what does audience want? So I started reading a lot more about that. By 2020, I think I'd reached a point where I was actually 
very well thought out. Uh, mm-hmm. I took about a couple of months yeah. to think about my business because it gave me stability. It gave me a lot of love. It gave me a lot of recognition. It gave me, it satisfied me and on all accounts and I loved it. There was not a day in those nine, 10 years that I woke up thinking, oh my God. It was always like, yeah. <laughs> Catering had stopped around 2017 and mm-hmm. then was focused solely on bakery business and the blog. Yeah. And 2020, I took this call and I said, okay, you know, everything has its expiration. I think I just want to let go of it nicely. I can always come back to it. But I that then forced me to think about my blog seriously, about how I can monetize it. You know, I read a lot of articles i was on youtube a lot i was uh, i signed up on a, for a lot of newsletters by about how to make your blogs better how to make them work for you how do you make a living off your blogs um all of that so, so i guess the learning just does not stop uh, so would it be right to say that like are you monetizing your blog at this point Yes. yes, you are. All right. So actually, that's interesting because um, like mm. I think that food blocking has gone to a whole another level. I mean, the kind of photographs are sometimes better than commercial photographs and people are doing mind blowing work. So tell us a yeah. little bit about what changed in your photography when you moved to blogging. Uh, did you continue or did you have to switch up? Uh, how did you tackle the photography part, making your blog more visually appealing for the audience and for brands? So there was a distinct difference between when I would take pictures for my for my bakery business because I didn't need props. I needed to show the bread, the product as it is. So it right. was simpler. Yeah. One backdrop, simple table, a nice uh, tray or whatever. So, and I could work with taking pictures from three, four different angles and do a cross section if possible of whatever I was doing. Um, so it was simpler in that sense. Right. Right. Because, but, and then I learned about sharpness, about the colors, because you, I can't just suddenly show the super red strawberries when they're not, they're not the client's going to get not so red, then it's going to be like, what is this? So I kept that part of the photography more functional, Mm -hmm. clear, Mm -hmm. sharp. And because I was very much inspired, uh, like I said, about the food bloggers, what was important for me in food blogging was, um, which I'm incorporating now, I did not do it so much initially, is not just the end product. It is also showing the process. Right. So how does the door look? when it's needed yeah. you know so trying to figure out that um, you know the cake batter is it like a soft dropping consistency or is it like a thick batter uh, when you're doing a brownie the brownie batter is it like shiny glossy smooth lumpy what you know different so I figured that in food blogging the photographs have to be and should be different because I enjoyed it so much I want to give my audience, my readers, that experience of enjoying reading it and also visually liking it because that's what we eat with our eyes first. Yes, absolutely. That is what I liked when I pick up cookbooks. We see the recipe and we see a beautiful picture. 
one picture in most cookbooks right right uh but that calls your name basically you know yeah. i want to make that shepherd's pie i want to make this cheddar cheese biscuit um and obviously as you can see i love baking <laughs> so i i cook a lot i cook a lot but i love 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 baking visually i feel food has to really reach out to you right and videos at that time were like completely out of question i'm still struggling with that but uh, and so then what happens that if i've made a strawberry cake now these are the little things that i picked from various blogs that i used to read uh, and then came instagram and instagram earlier was really driven by content if you remember not yeah. so much you know yeah. like what you are creating it's <laughs> not what is yeah. being told to you to create right right so inspiration again came from various places i did not know about the backdrops but i learned as i would see that oh my trees are shiny uh, as you keep taking pictures i feel the more you do of something the more you learn right even if you're making mistakes you just keep learning there is no way that you're not going to learn if you fold your clothes every day by the 15th day you're going to be folding your clothes like Marie like Kondo. a pro <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yeah okay, and true, because yeah. if you're doing it with even this much interest yes and this much mindfulness yes you're going to look for ways to make it better and better and then you're going to start looking at the details yeah. so then came the whole thing about backdrops and i started picking up tiles from my husband's interior design business so i'd go to his office i'd pick up some tile random yeah. tiles which is, and then i started looking for tiles which were more neutral in color then i started looking for tiles which were um matte finished or they had those textures um i did not know that you can really go and buy backdrops okay. also <laughs> now i know <laughs> uh i would use my floor i would use the back of a tray i would use my wooden trays napkins uh you know whatever was available to date i still do that i don't yeah think i've gone overboard with my props i haven't gone overboard with my backdrops my photography gear is still basic a friend of mine who was into photography wasn't using his 50 mm lens he just gave it to me wow i need that friend yeah. <laughs> and i keep asking him every once or twice a year do you want it and he's like i'm not doing any photography keep don't ask him don't ask him he'll take it back don't do that <laughs> ask him if he has more lenses he doesn't use <laughs> and then share it with friends <laughs> i know so i got lucky and because i i did not even know what difference switching from a kit lens to a 50 mm lens would make Mm. and that was those two canon classes that i went to in the store wow uh, which yeah. is what they told me that for photography maybe maybe you can switch it and i'm like okay maybe i'll buy it if the budget allows and they just in the next week this friend came and he's like why are you buying take i have these five lenses sitting here take this one wow it's a learning process and then okay so coming back to then for photography for blogging uh it has to be again like i said very relatable right. if i'm making a strawberry cake i can make it look 
absolutely stunning or i can make it look nice and beautiful so that a person who is not uh, an expert in baking can say i can make it right yes yeah. you know it doesn't look very complicated it doesn't look like something that you know i have uh, 30 elements to it right and i I try to choose recipes that are simpler. I will never define food by uh, the time it takes or the kind of recipe. There are recipes where you have to and you must invest five hours if you must, right? Yeah. Because the food, I, you have to respect food for what it is. Same with baking, but because I'm not making French pastries or I'm not. doing all of that so i want to be able to show then i will put like a couple of strawberries around i will put if i did put rosemary i'll put like a sprig or two of rosemary so for me uh, it becomes something like a little bit of what is in the cake sometimes i uh, would do how do i want to serve it and that's why you see flowers and candles a lot because yeah, that's yeah. my i i enjoy that a lot Right. Uh, if I could put like some soft jazz music, I would put that <laughs> also. Um, so you learn as you grow, and you make your own style. Yeah, I mean, absolutely adore how you have photographed your cookies on Instagram two, three days ago. As much as I like that, and as much as I'm inspired by that. for some reason i feel i will not be able to take the same picture because you've used the lighting you've used it's your thought it is your lens it is your camera it is how you've envisioned it i can maybe just put the cookies out like that maybe do something but it it's got to be me so taking inspiration is one thing but then creating your own style is i feel so 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 important in blogging it's how you write it's how you are reaching out with your word and visually right it has to be you yes you may you write like a dream dutama you you write so beautifully thank you i i really love reading your captions apart from looking at your beautiful pictures i love the storytelling you convey through your words but i don't write like that so why do i want to pretend because it that's going to stress me out if that's going to stress me out i'm not going to enjoy my work yes. so i may as well find my voice with a pen <laughs> and with a camera right and give you that story the way i like it and also the functionality of the blog the process pictures so if i wanted to cut cauliflower in a certain way then i it's nice to be able to show okay you know this is how you can cut it and this is how it looks with this and this is how the sauce looks give it with functionality so clarity is important in process pictures honestly i don't worry so much about the props yeah. or beautifying them so much i keep it as functional and as straightforward as possible right because do you want to really see uh, when i put the dough out there yeah that uh, you know how beautifully it's it looks great yeah but for me it's important that you see how the dough looks 
not right. that there is basil and cheese or you know nutella around like put very artistically spread all over right for me that's not important for me it is important that you see what is the consistency of this this is how it should look we come to the uh, finished product and then i go to town with yeah. the props and how i want to present it and then the cross sections and because that's also important that how can you dress it up simply without really making it very extravagant or anything absolutely i'm calling my cakes everyday cakes for a reason that yeah. you can make it everyday and eat it everyday right so it sounds like i can actually hear your transition from baking to blogging from a photography perspective so it sounds like as a baker it was more about the finished product and just keeping the food real as the customer would receive it but when you shifted to blogging you really started looking at the richness of the ingredients the textures and what people should admire and expect when they cook those recipes it made you look very deep into the food and really the honest details something that i mentioned before the honesty that i see in your photos i think that blogging kind of made you go towards that route and even though you were looking at backdrops you were looking at you know improving technique but you were really honing in on the honest details and how you could transport your audience into that particular recipe how they can make it and it was really a lot about bringing your personality it was at this point i felt like you were really pulling like who's natasha how is she going to talk to these people how is she going to tell them that hey this cake should be on your table so i feel like your photography kind of took that route as well in blogging it was a piece of you you know if i had to kind of compare it to your baking days would you yeah. would you say that as a blogger as you have worked on your photography you've seen a change or a difference in the way brands approach you or the way you can now feel about approaching clients absolutely 100% i think before i realized it or even without me realizing it i had brands reaching out to me and i'd be like why me <laughs> uh, also there is the photography part which i think appeals thanks to instagram right <laughs> um so whether people are coming to the blog or not but instagram has been honestly a great tool in that sense for brands to be able to see your style to be able to see yes. what you are doing with different right. foods with different products and in that sense i think it's also made it a little easier for the clients to say yes we like this we don't like this yes, you know yes. so maybe we can work with this person maybe not with this person because this one resonates with our brand and how we like it and this one not really right. um that has definitely definitely happened and it's been too prompt actually for me because i feel the brands initially when they were reaching out to me were expecting nice pictures mm. of course yes but they were also expecting very nice recipes ooh okay which has been lovely because i've got to work i enjoy that recipe development part as well mm -hmm. so one of before instagram and as a newbie blogger very very newbie blogger where i think there were just five people reading my blog but the bakery business had taken off i still had clients coming for recipe development okay so that part already got honed when i was doing my catering business because and some clients would say ki acha 
gluten free or vegan because you know this allergy or that allergy or could you do this and i would be able to create a recipe for them right so initially i feel it was a lot more the brands reached out uh, the initial ones were a lot about recipe development as well when they wanted the recipe a good photograph was a given Mm. and now i feel that there is that shift recipes like okay fine yeah we'll go over the recipes with you you know give us five options and we'll pick this one yeah that's a few but a lot more emphasis on pictures now right so i'm grateful that seems to be working out also in my favor because looks like people enjoy the pictures of course so <laughs> yeah so <laughs> there definitely has been a shift i can i can see that in how the brands reaching out from literally maybe one brand in a year hmm. to a lot more now yeah wow and you've also clearly seen a shift in your social media following and people looking at your work for inspiration have you seen your photography evolve and the social media traction evolve have you seen that photography i think the only time i can see that it has evolved is when i see my old blogs or my pictures on my i photos library yeah yeah <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah that's when i see how i've evolved which is a great feeling but i i just feel that there's just so much more to do and there's so much more to learn it's nothing about getting complacent in fact sometimes i get really annoyed that why am i not doing anything different why am i not experimenting a little bit more why am i in a rush when i'm taking this picture um so i think it's an ongoing process i think the more you do the more you learn and the more you do with interest even this much interest right you will learn and you will grow um instagram has been great and so people do reach out and i'm uh, it makes me feel really nice because it's not just i think if i see the appreciation it's for both it's for the recipe and it's for the photography right so that makes me feel really nice it's fulfilling yeah i just feel so nice about that because you know a, a completely newbie baker is trying out my recipe and then somebody like dutama calls <laughs> me about photography so uh it that ways it has been very fulfilling but i still feel that you know now with the videos and everything there's a long long way to go yeah you're always course. learning right <laughs> yeah and i think i always think i think it's an ongoing process you can't just say oh i've arrived as a photographer and but now i'm done and art is like that whether it's cooking or photography or singing or music i think art is like that any form of art is a constant journey and i think you're being a bit hard on yourself by saying that oh i you know i'm sometimes complacent or i'm not doing enough all i've been hearing is in the last 10 years you have not left any opportunity to learn or to make one day better than the previous day so you've pretty much constantly <laughs> been hustling and you should definitely give yourself credit and because i asked you a question on social media i just want to tell you that i actually uh, followed you maybe a few years ago when you were just hitting 10000 followers and i still remember that there were so many 
Pishbash bloggers, you know, who were like, "Ooh, Natasha, congratulations!" And everybody was posting on their stories, like, "Wow, Natasha had 10k!" And I was like, "Oh, that must feel really good." And today, you are over forty-five thousand followers. I mean, that just speaks for itself, and people love it. People love the honest, relatable imagery that you create. And for you to say that starter baker came and you know they wanted to try your recipes, you're clearly doing a fantastic job. So <laughs> I you. think you need Thank to give yourself you. a little Thank more you. credit. <laughs> Thank you. I do, but then, like I always say, that there's always. scope for learning more and doing more the reason why i say uh, yes. that i don't want to get complacent is because i enjoy it jyotima i enjoy it so much that i want to learn and i want to evolve more yeah whether it's baking whether it's cooking whether it's uh, the photography you know moving from i photo editing to lightroom was such a huge deal that was started 2 years ago <laughs> oh, i started wow. taking my pictures in raw <laughs> one and a half years ago oh wow <laughs> i didn't even know that yeah now i i whenever i get a chance i uh, which is what i have to really really put out there and read um, learn there is so much information now on youtube there are such fantastic people who are putting out great content on youtube writing books about photography if this is something that interests people you know you have talked about arvid is there anything like too many props or whatever <laughs> but it is about using what you have and exactly. and then making that go yes i have that one wooden spoon i will use it till it breaks but <laughs> unless i find something which is absolutely eye catching and absolutely gorgeous i will not buy another wooden spoon so it's not just about mindlessly buying new lens and a fancier camera and about props and about looking at excess pictures and saying this is what i want to recreate it's about making do with what you have right and just constantly learning this yeah. look at your podcasts they are so informative take that time out to listen to learn to grow to just get better the minute we start feeling that i've started my instagram account whichever social media platform thinking that today i have 1000 i'm going to my aim is to get 50000 yes 50000 is great when you get to 50000 you want 100000 when you yes. get to 100000 you want to 200000 you want a book deal you want all of that so that's never ending the idea is how do you are you really invested in your art are you invested in your craft because then brands will come to you even if you have 3000 2000 followers if your work is kick ass right Sometimes yes. you will need to reach out to the brands you want to work with. Make a nice little note, use it as a template, very polite, and if nothing else, there's a chance that they will at least come and look at your feed. Yes, and then they'll say yes, no, whatever. What's the worst? They're going to say no, and uh, they're going to say no as it is right now. You had no work with them, but now you've at least. come on their radar and you're showing them that look i can do great work or i am doing great work so do you want to think about me uh it's about building your portfolio if you want to look at it in that sense right um 
And would you blogging say, is the same. Would you say that mm-hmm. having a good photography portfolio or having a good body of photographs are the first step or to get your foot in the door while talking to brands about monetizing your blog, just having a good body of photos is a must. Absolutely. Content is king, no? But that, that content has to follow, has to come from how you are as a person. It, it's not necessary what is trending is your content. It is the first step. Would uh, you say that? Absolutely. You go to anybody. You go to uh, an architect to build your house. You want to know which are the houses that he or she has built uh, or right. designed first, right? It's right. the same here. It's a business. If you're looking at it in that sense, if you want to make money off it, it's a business. Yeah. Um, I think there should be no shame in admitting that. Absolutely. It can be. It is. Uh, and this is also something that I've learned the hard way because talking about money makes us all a little bit like, mm, no, yeah, it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you are putting in that effort, if you are looking for brands, or you're willing to work with brands, you want to get clients on your portfolio, you have to look at whatever you're doing as a business, which does not mean that please make the next reel available with the next, you know, trending music and dance to it because that's what's working. No, I'm talking about serious work where you are putting your craft, your art, your vision out there And you've taken a picture of this phone so beautifully, not because somebody paid you to do it, because you were thinking about it in a certain way and you've done it and you've posted it. You've written about it on your blog. I wanted to make uh, this cake. I've put it out there on my blog. You focus on the content. You make it strong. You make it better. And then, of course, brands are going to reach out. Yeah. Or you reach out or whatever. So work will come. Work doesn't come before you've delivered. You deliver and then work comes and then you deliver according to that work. And so, so if you do want to work with brands, then you've just got to work on your photography skills. You've got to keep Absolutely. 101%. 101%. If you want to be known as a food photographer, you work on that skill. So one thing that you mentioned was that videos have now taken over and that there is so much that you have to uh, still do. And I think we all do. But if I had to ask you one struggle, one struggle that you have in photography today, what is your biggest struggle in photography today? What would that be? So many, Dutrana. Oh my God. So many. One big I'm struggle. forever chasing like Videos is definitely one. If you are mm. adding that in the photography struggle, the other one is I work only in natural light. Mm. So I think I still need to learn to optimize that, uh, in my opinion. I'm forever chasing light. I have spots in my house which work beautifully, different seasons, different lighting, different timings. So I have to work around that all the time. No complaints. But artificial lighting would be something that I would be very interested to learn. It just sounds very complicated to me. And I feel mastering light in photography is 
the biggest thing whether it is natural or it is artificial it can make a picture or it can completely destroy a picture no matter no amount of props and backdrops or a gorgeously decorated five layer meringue topped cake <laughs> is going to help it if your lighting is not great if you have not captured light i think um i i got this really lovely photography book by bia i it just stuck in my head where she says don't photograph the like the product i'm i'm yeah. saying it very i i'm forgetting exactly what she said yeah. but she says photograph the light right look for the light capture the light you yeah know? so yeah. i i think so light is light would light. be your number one i think every photographer would definitely <laughs> chime in <laughs> with you because that is definitely something that we are all chasing forever so tell us a little bit more about working with clients when they approach you do you have like a set number of photos that you deliver per recipe or is it everything is predecided or it's a pretty free hand like how do you drive a balance between the photography the fee and then your own passion to do more for that recipe so um the first thing is i try to choose people i work with with clients it's a two way street so you start with the client really liking your work on your instagram or your social media or your blog um your philosophy should match and every client it's different not every client however carefully they pick you very carefully and i can pick the client very carefully but uh, not all clients are the same not all clients are ideal but that's okay that's how life is right and so we need to kind of work around them as to the best of our ability basically with all clients it's different here i think it typically starts with the fees about with the charges so that seems to be the first step that's what i've seen so far so if they don't like your rates and if there is any scope for any sort of negotiation if there is any scope then that process happens so um otherwise yeah so there is this fee so the client says absolutely not and then they're out uh, of wow. the picture okay. okay right yeah so unless we can negotiate to an extent uh that's how it has honestly that's how it has been with me so i my the emails that i get or the phone calls that i get are only about okay there is this what would be your charges so that's the first question i am asked yeah so far always in a way it's good because we've gotten over the biggest part of it yeah and so once we have passed that then it is really a lot about um the client says okay you know we have this and we are looking for you to make a reel out of it or these are the deliverables so right. they drive the deliverables and till uh, i think about a few months ago i was not doing any videos or reels and so i started doing that only i think mid 2021 that i've started taking on projects which have which involve videos and everything so the deliverables come from them and if that suits me then yeah. we go forward yeah and then there is a detailed brief about what they want 
okay so there is this t and we'd like you to show you know this or that or whatever and then there is a back and forth about do you only want to see for example just the t uh, do you want me to make something because that's my core strength i love it when the clients say this is my product bake something or cook something with it because then i can showcase it better because that's my that's my strength right recipe developing recipes is my strength also right so i i would not typically do um, you know just the product package photography and and i'm not usually asked for that yeah. uh, i'm usually asked for instagram and instagram everything is made beautiful yes so i will try and talk about the recipe that okay maybe i can use your chocolate or maybe i can use your tea and i can make this out of it and you know this sort of thing i have now also started in the past few months making mood boards concept yeah. notes for yeah. clients i was yeah. not doing that earlier i was only going by in everything's here <laughs> but now i've started putting everything down on email not on whatsapp but on yes. email yes and i think it helps me it gives me a little bit time to sort of um you know when i go on say pinterest or something and look at pictures make a mood board what appeals to me but then i also keep in mind the season i do that a lot i think all all my pictures i'm still a very very i'm more of an intuitive photographer than uh you know very technical one <laughs> uh so depends on the season depends on my mood so in winters i usually end up doing a lot more dark and a lot, a lot more of those twinkling lights because that's my mood throughout you know but in between i will do like today i'm feeling like i got fresh flowers in the house today and so i will make sure that my mood is feeling light my photography reflects that so um going then by the season and not so much the mood because i'm shooting for a brand right i will try to if it's uh, on the, depending on the seasonality right. then i will create a mood board i will talk about the concept it's going to be a flat lay and is it going to be you know a straight up shot and how many do they yeah. so a lot of times the client is asking for so called beauty shots how many do they need some are happy with just one some would like three four for uh, you know one for instagram and others for their use in their publications or on their website yeah um uh, the deliverables also come from them in that sense in the terms of number of pictures so i i think last few months has also been uh, just this whole concept writing mm. uh, because it forces you to slow down for a minute yeah. and think about what you want to do yeah somebody like me if you gave me a product my mind just works in what can i make out of it in terms of recipe so the mood boarding or the concept writing helps me slow down and think a lot more in terms of the layout of the frame so then i have to sort of think that that plate in the center is empty i don't know what i've put in there because my first response is what is the recipe yeah yeah for me that that's what it is so, so i have using to stop the, myself for a minute are you using the mood boards basically to create the visual story is that yeah. what yeah okay all right and to the, create a visual story and to also uh, 
that concept now i'm also learning i have to put it on email send it to the client write a detailed note on that that this is what i'm thinking that yes you see this is what it's going to be sort of like uh but i am going to make this change i will maybe add a picture of my backdrop i will be using these kind of props but then i also say that you know sometimes what happens is what you're thinking when you actually do it it looks yes. not so great yes yes so again when i start my shoot especially with a static shoot or with a video uh before i start the video i always tell the client a day in advance usually the agencies we work with that i'm going to be starting my shoot at like this time please be available i'll click a picture with my phone send it on whatsapp and then this is the layout yeah so approve and i go ahead so now i'm learning to take time because i uh touch wood have not had any incident any any client work where i've had to reshoot and i want to avoid it at any cost and i want to uh, make sure that the client is on board with whatever i'm doing so that there no surprises some by the way like a surprise huh? so some <laughs> are like please do whatever me. you want whatever <laughs> surprise me and i've gotten really really lucky with that also but i still like to inform i still like to yeah you know cover my bases as much as possible because i want to make my time work for me better i want to be a little bit more productive and efficient i don't want to waste my client's time or money yeah uh, i want to be happy doing what i'm doing and i want the client to understand that this is my vision now i'm starting the shoot i've already laid this out this is what i've made it discussed everything beforehand so the client says but no you know not this and that like please check the email you yes. signed off on that yes yes documentation um, is so important it is it is and like i said not on whatsapp emails everything Absolutely. on emails so that you go back to it and read it carefully whatsapp i feel like messages yeah just sort of get it's lost official. a little it's bit official. when you have yeah. an email it's official you know yes so, yeah yes wonderful yeah so that's how i that's what my typical workflow is so and then as i'm kind of doing the photography um when i'm almost done uh, or when i think i'm done i'll take a minute i will choose the pictures if i've taken like 60 pictures they wanted three i have to pick out the three unedited i'll send it to them these are my final unedited ones do you want me to make any change do you want me to do another angle would you like me to do something else i'm trying to cover all the bases so yeah. i i just feel the more thorough you can be the better it is yeah uh you know because uh, somebody's paying you you know you wanted to work with that brand you know you like that brand uh, hopefully you like that brand hopefully that <laughs> brand resonates with you which is why yes. you took on that assignment right right you don't want to feel shortchanged nor do you want your client to feel shortchanged and which is why i feel people will come back to you or at least you've given them a good experience people have to remember you by your work ethic absolutely what you deliver yes of course but your work ethic too yeah. it i think it is uh client experience it's just is so everything. important 
Absolutely. Absolutely. They so, they need that experience as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. they need that experience as well as do we as the service providers. Yeah, uh, yeah. So to speak. <laughs> um, I I think it's important that whether or not a brand works with you or not, but two years down the line, if they see that you know we did a campaign with uh, Natasha, it was nice. It was nice. It was pleasant to work with. That's it. that's good that's how you create goodwill in the market that's how you create your credibility that's how these things are important uh, you know work ethic your soft skills your professionalism even if you are just starting out as a photographer or as a recipe developer even if you have 100 people following you on instagram it doesn't matter like i was saying i could get an order for 6 box of 6 cupcakes or i could get an order for catering for 100 people i have to give those 6 cupcakes as much respect yes as i will give that so Absolutely. that that came on very very early to me that just because it's a small order uh, it literally no money for me i'm not going to ignore that because i want those people to love those 6 cupcakes as much as those 100 people to adore the food so yeah. that you know both come back to me and or not but think of me nicely uh, think of me as a professional in a uh, you know that i came across as a professional and i did not just yeah. do a shoddy job yeah so mm, that is i think important very 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 important for me so it sounds like good photography is the first step it gets your foot in the door it opens conversations and it lets brands reach to you but really delivering a professional and a smooth client experience throughout working with a particular brand is what really turns them into returning clients because this is this is something that i just it was my podcast release yesterday so <laughs> we talked all about okay. client experience and you're just kind of validating all of that again so no matter how good we are like in photography if we work with clients we have to deliver a professional yeah. service yeah perfect well, and it doesn't matter how you know you're a seasoned food photographer you've been doing it for years you you do photography for restaurants you do for products you know that's your profession but i'm saying for somebody who's even just starting out yeah who's maybe uh, not even a great food photographer right because because everybody starts somewhere of course but if yes. you get an assignment you have to come across as a professional and you have to come across as somebody who means business yes your photographs may not be the best if you're comparing it to somebody who's top of the line agree but then I, that's okay I have that confidence and but have that skill to to reach out to the client in a way that they feel that this is a wonderful person to work with. Yeah. Yeah, you're investing in yourself. They are investing in you, but you're also investing in yourself. So, yes. I I I think <laughs> it's just very very important, yeah. All right, so Natasha, I have one last question with you. I think We talked all about how your perspective on photography changed as you moved careers. How your love for food actually shows in your photography. How your true, honest uh, love for cooking actually comes through in your photography. So, 
and also how that translates to working with clients. But I have one last question for you. And that is, there's so many of our audience, so many of our listeners are actually food bloggers and they are also photographers, obviously. So what is the number one advice you would give to all food bloggers out there? Create content consistently and create content that resonates with you. Don't follow trends blindly. Yes. Seriously, <laughs> I, I feel that is... I love so many people I see. They are so talented. And I and what draws me to people is when they stay true to themselves. It doesn't matter what kind of food. It doesn't matter what kind of photography. It doesn't matter if you're reel-based, video-based. doesn't matter. You know, and in food blogging, of course, uh, you have to go into a little bit more detail because like I said, uh, you have that sort of responsibility to explain to your audience how you went from, you know, flour and cocoa powder to this cake, for example. So take them through that journey. Um, that is very, very important. Make the blogs, again, uh, very readable and visually interesting. And visually interesting does not, like I was saying, does not mean 20 stunning photos. Of course, they are great. But that functionality in a food blog really, really matters. But nothing else matters apart from your true voice. So I think somewhere one has to understand that, okay, this may be trending, this may be good, but can I give it my own voice? How can I make this recipe, which is trending, my own? How can I write about it? How can I photograph it and post regularly? Post regularly. Oh my God, on, that's on so blog. hard to do. <laughs> that is so on hard. the blog. On, on the blog, it is. Okay. It is like, on the blog. On the blog. On that's the blog. I'm, because if you see, if you want to monetize your blog, if you want to make money off your blog, you have to treat it again like a business. So whether you're writing one blog a week, two a week, five a week, stick to it. Be consistent. <laughs> amazing and find your voice yes absolutely which clearly comes through in your work so Natasha thank you so much this was such a lovely episode I mean I was lost just listening to you and your journey oh. all throughout <laughs> so it was it was so lovely and thank you for kind of telling us that yes things don't have to be complicated just be true to yourself do your job well keep working on yourself and you'll see results and you're such a great example of that so thank you so much for sharing your story thank you so much for leaving us with such great tips and for leaving us with so much inspiration to work harder and harder and harder <laughs> thank, thank you Jyotima. thank you so much for having me over it it was really wonderful i think maybe i may have talked too much but sorry <laughs> before you go can you tell us where we can find you on all your social media platforms and your amazing blog uh the blog is tashasartisanfoods.com tashas artisan foods is on instagram tashas foods is on facebook and nut 72 is on twitter don't ask me why it's not 72 i don't know what i was thinking it's like one of initial blogs uh i'd done some cherry recipes right in the beginning and i decided to name it um life is a bowl of cherries <laughs> after three years i realized nobody searches by life is a bowl of cherries <laughs> so the blog is lost so i do not 72 is something like that 
Okay, I'm well. <laughs> I like the note on which we are finishing. That's fabulous. <laughs> well, thanks so Absolutely. much, Natasha. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for making the Thank time. You. Thank you so much for being here. I loved it, Jyotima. Thank you for being such a wonderful listener. And thank you for having me on your show. Thank you. So guys, that was Natasha. And wasn't she as sweet as I told you she is? She's such a soothing person to just listen to. It's like she's got this soft demeanor, but she's got this punching energy as well. And I think that's exactly how I see her photography. That's exactly how I see her recipes. They have that cozy, warm hug of a grandma, but then they've got that vibrance of an energetic young person. So I think that she's such a wonderful combination of both. And what I particularly like is that she constantly brings our attention to being genuine, true to herself. But at the same time, she's like, hello, blogging is a business. It is about making money. And she puts it down right straight that photography is 100% the first step you need to start monetizing, to start working with clients. And not just that, even on social media, you know, your presence, the way you visually present yourself, even as a food blogger, no matter how big, small, great, basic your recipe is, your photographs really speak for you. But you just still have to be honest and genuine about it. So I think there was just so many tidbits and so many nuggets of inspiration, so many warm, cozy moments that she left us with in this conversation. And I hope that you found it useful. I hope that it left you with a little bit more insight on how you can work with a client as a food blogger. What is the process that you can follow? What is the number one thing that you can do? How you can put it out on social media? How you can bring out a true voice in your work? And how you can just keep working on your skills little by little by little without overcomplicating anything, keeping it simple, keeping it powerful, keeping it honest. So if you enjoy that episode, Please do rate, review and subscribe wherever you are listening so that I can bring more awesome guests and more inspiring folks onto this podcast just so you and I can learn together from them. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please do leave a review. I would be so, so, so appreciative. With that, I'll take your leave and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.